everyone, and welcome to episode 304 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard? Hey, Seth. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, we have some interesting topics today, but before we get to that, we got another co-host in Krim. What's up today, Krim? Yo, Seth, what's up? Uh, it, oh, it's, uh, it's been a good a, one. Not a whole lot. Ah, uh, not a whole lot, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we have some topics. There isn't any super big news in the magic world this week, honestly. We wanted to talk about... Commander Legends. Not a spoilers, but actual playing the format. The set is now out on Magic Online. It released in paper over the weekend, so I think we've all played it a little bit. Have you played it at all, Krim? Have you had a chance to do any Commander Legends yet? No, I have not, actually. I mean, I, I've gotten to see some physical cards, you know, the stuff I, I, like, I ordered, but like, other than that, haven't actually played any of it. Uh, well, me and Richard have done some drafts, and we wanted to talk a little bit about the actual experience of playing the format. Also wanted to talk Kaladash Remastered and Historic. We've gotten some kind of big historic tournaments recently, like Star City Games is running uh, qualifiers for Keldheim Championship, which I think is like a pro tour, essentially. So we've got some uh, new historic stuff going on on, and also a little bit about when Paper Magic's going to come back. We keep hearing, like, semi-good news about the pandemic with, like, vaccines maybe not being in the super distant future. People are starting to wonder, like, are we going to have GP Vegas in 2021? Are we going to have Magic Fest, Paper Pro Tour? So we want to discuss that a little bit, too, before answering fish mail. So that's kind of the overview for today. But before we get into all that, a reminder that our podcast today is sponsored by Spikes Academy, and if you want to learn the strategies and techniques of the best Magic the Gathering players in the world, you can visit SpikesAcademy.com to learn from championship winners how to play Magic at a competitive level. Spikes Academy also offers one-on-one coaching sessions where you can work with a world-class player on deck building, sideboarding, or whatever else you want to work on, so you can level up your Magic the Gathering game by visiting SpikesAcademy.com, and you can even use the code GOLDFISH at checkout to get 10% off any of their courses. So thank you so much to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. And uh, let's talk some magic. Let's start with probably the biggest news, which I think is Commander Legend. So Richard, the set is out on Magic Online. We've been drafting it a little bit. What do you uh, think of this format? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to put a disclaimer out there. I love Commander Legends. I've been brewing actual constructed Commander decks uh for the past week cards are great the format itself oh my god it's the most miserable thing i've ever seen <laughs> holy smokes okay so i okay disclaimer i played one league one game four hours later i dropped and that was it okay like the draft <laughs> a takes forever because you are drafting two cards at once they give you ample time however it's really hard to build the deck you want because you're not trying to build good decks, right? You're trying to build a deck you're going for, like, I want to play elves or something. Uh, so you're really kind of just hard forcing. Um, and then because you draft two cards a pack, you get hard cut off from the other side. <laughs> so, like, normally, because you only pick the best card, if, you know, someone else is drafting blue, you're drafting blue, you get the second best blue card in the pack, right? Now you are totally cut off. So, you know, on the first pack, I got all my elves. Second pack, I got literally nothing in the colors I wanted. Like, literally nothing <laughs> for the first, like, eight picks or whatever. Came back. Okay, built the deck. I'm like, okay, it's a it's a reasonable looking deck. I don't know. There was, like, no curve to it. Like, there are no two drops in the format. It's, like, super hard to build a real curve. You know, barely functioning ramp. I'm playing elves and I barely have ramp. Hop into my game. We're deadlocked for like two and a half hours as we just play like girly dudes. No one can break the board stall. Uh, whoever draws their bomb, like better hope that bomb ends the game and the other players can't answer it. But like we don't have such things. We don't have wraths. Uh, we don't have like game winning combos. It's pretty hard to put together. So you're just deadlocked. And it really reminded me of Popper Commander where when we're playing at the super low rarities, you don't have access to the same card draw and wraths and answers that you would when you play normal commander. And you just get like deadlocked and the board is like, everyone has like 20 creatures and no one can attack. And then you're just sitting there 
And then it's taking an excruciatingly long time because people aren't familiar with playing Commander online either. So they're taking like forever to go through their phases. And uh, it was just a miserable time. And eventually, uh, someone managed to play a one-sided board wipe in my game, like two and a half hours in. Uh, it was like the storm one. <laughs> so uh, he managed to actually get through and win. I voted for someone because I was salty. And then that was it. And then I dropped out of my league and I've never played this format again. And my serious question to you guys is, do you think they play tested this at all? <laughs> because I watched your streams. You guys weren't having much of a better time either. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, your experience almost exactly matches my experience. Uh, we did a Commander Legends draft on stream last Thursday. And going into it, I was, like, talking to chat and I was like, well, uh, what do you want to do? Like, we can probably, like, just, like, go through the whole draft or we can, like, do a round and then drop and do another draft so we get in more of the actual, like, drafting experience. And uh, we were, like, debating that. And then once we actually, like, drafted and started playing it took us like four hours to draft and play a single round that single round uh tomer was in the same pod as me that ended with a uh, tomer timed out one of the <laughs> other players in the pod had like two minutes on the clock uh when moto eventually crashed and the game ended in a moto victory after th after three hours of playing this game which was exactly like yours like everyone had big boards but no one could do anything with their stuff like everyone was just playing these like random creatures and no one could break through and actually kill the opponent or even I think when Tomer timed out I think we were all pretty close to 30 life still like Monarchy was involved so there was like a little bit of like people getting in with a 1-1 spirit or something to try to steal the Monarchy or whatever like stuff like that but everyone was still this super high life total and I think our game would have ended with maybe everyone timing out or at least multiple players timing out if uh, if Moto hadn't come in and I guess saved us sort of by crashing so yeah it was not what i was expecting i think the pauper commander comparison is a really good one you just don't have ways to finish off the game for the most part unless you get really lucky and open like kamal maybe i assume kamal's like a bomb as a repeatable overrun something like that is gonna let you close out the game or maybe like there are a few wraths at higher rarity that you can get uh so there are a few cards but they're mostly a higher rarity and you're playing limited so you mostly have you know, commons and uncommons, and no one could just really break through. So I think I'm really in the same place as you are, Richard, where I like the cards in the set, and I'm really hyped about the actual commander decks I've been building with the cards from the set, but the actual limited format... Who? Uh, I don't know if I would put myself through that again. As far as if they playtested it, I guess my question would be, do you think this is what they wanted it to be? Like, do you think the goal was... You know, Commander's a, a long format. You play long games. Were they trying to make a limited format where all of your matches are going to go, like, three hours or something? Unless that was their goal, it, it, it's I, like, I would imagine that they didn't play test it. It's like you're playing <laughs> limited much. with your friend, and you're like, no one can attack for the first 15 turns, okay? Okay. <laughs> and then by the time the 15th turn comes around, you're like, we have, like, 80 creatures each. We can't attack. <laughs> if I attack you... You know, like you just get the the swing back and die, and I, I just don't know. I did not. I was not satisfied building my deck. I I can't see how the draft would go better because drafting, like when you play commander, you you want to express yourself. You want to do something, right? You can't just like draft the open colors and the good cards. Like if you do, then you're you're playing a spike in you know in a spiky manner, and then you're going into the four player game with the spike mindset, and it's just not cool and then also like the 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 matching is not correct right like you want to match decks based on power level right like when you have a play group everyone plays decks at the same power level you don't want one guy with like a you know a, a tier one deck and then everyone else with like a tier five deck right it's just not a good time but there's no such balancing in limited right you just run in and then yeah the person with a really strong deck gets ahead everyone gangs up on them beats them down, they're not having fun, no one else is having fun, then you're all deadlocked, right? And I, I don't know, it's just, it wasn't fun in any way, and I don't see, I don't see how playing more would make it more fun, right? Like, it's not like when we play, like, one-on-one -on -one limited, where maybe your deck sucked, but you see your opponents, you're like, wow, that deck was really good. If I drafted that common or that uncommon that I thought was bad but is actually good, my next draft will be so much better. Like, I didn't see any of that, right? I saw my three opponents having a miserable time, 
when I watched streams, I saw four people having a miserable time, and I'm like, I, I just don't see where the fun part of this is, right? So I actually I'm curious if they actually play tested this format. Like to me, this is purely a booster cracking set, right? <laughs> like go buy the boxes, crack the boosters, build your constructed decks. They'll be really good. The set is really good, but like don't bother playing limited, like just really like watch paint dry in a wall or something, right? <laughs> like it's, it's just so miserable, Seth. I dropped after one game. I had like three more games I could play, but I'm like, I am not sitting here for another nine hours doing nothing, right? Like, oh. This sounds excruciatingly yeah, I, painful to play. It was like, excruciating, like the, the worst magic experience I've ever had ever, I think. I it, it crossed my mind to try to do like a rough drafts or some sort of YouTube video, but after realizing it would be literally like a 10 hour YouTube video to complete, maybe even longer, to complete one draft, I was like, eh, maybe that's not actually, not actually in the cards for this one. So, okay, so here's my thoughts on the draft. One is, I thought that drafting was kind of fun. I think the clock on Magic Online's a little bit too long. Like, I think your first pick, you start with four and a half or five minutes or something, which even though you're picking two cards, that's a long time. Like a normal draft, you start with one minute and 30 seconds for your first pick. So it was like three times as long to make your pick. Uh, and you always have someone that's going to like use up the whole clock and kind of slow down the draft. So I think they could lower the clock on the draft. I think the format would probably be much more fun if you started at 30 life rather than 40 life. I think 40 life is just, it's a lot for random commons to get to. So I think some tweaks could maybe improve it. One thing I wanted to ask you, though, like, do you think it'd be better in paper? Do you think part of the reason it wasn't as much fun is because you're kind of playing against three randoms for the most part, not really bantering or talking, maybe a little bit in the moto chat, but for the most part, you're just like playing a three hour commander game against three people you don't know, you know, with digital cardboard. Do you think it would be more enjoyable if it was you and 80 of your friends that got together and, you know, did a draft and broke up into pods and did it, do you think that would make it more enjoyable or do you think it would still be that miserable experience? So I thought about that. We are very lucky that we get to play Commander Clash, you know, four friends playing every week. Uh, super enjoyable, right? Like way more enjoyable than playing with randoms. But then I just think about the times we play like Popper Commander or something or like super low powered Commander. We're not having a good time, right? I mean, it's better than playing with strangers, but I'd rather literally do anything else. Like I would do any other magic. I would like sort my bulk before I play another game of Commander Legends draft, right? Like it's just so miserable. Like I just don't get it. Like there's, I don't know. I just don't get it. Like if I drafted the perfect deck, I would just steamroll my opponents anyway, and then it wouldn't be fun, right? So like, there's just like no win. It's a lose-lose situation. The best is just rare draft all the rares you need for your actual constructed decks, and then drop, <laughs> right? That, that is the experience I recommend, right? And then go sort your bulk. <laughs> I, I I actually have done that on Magic Online. I haven't played a second draft, but I did fire up a couple just to rare draft so I could get like opposition agent. And I actually got back way more ticks than I than I put in just rare drafting viciously and then dropping afterwards. But yeah, I don't know. And it's weird because this set was pitched as a draft set. Like that was the you know, the gimmick of this set is A, it's commander that you can draft. So I think I would be a little more maybe forgiving if that wasn't the whole idea of this set. It feels like if you're going to like sell a set based on, hey, it's commander that you draft, the draft's got to be at least like kind of playable for that whole gimmick to work. So I feel like, I don't know, in that sense, I got to feel like commander legends is a little bit of a failure, which is especially weird because wizards has really kind of nailed it with draft recently. Like in general, the last couple of years, even though constructed people have been, you know, pretty down on, and it's been up and down based on bannings and all that stuff. Some broken cards in general, like most limited formats for the past couple of years have been very highly rated by the community at large, by pro players. So it's really weird to me that this hyped commander draft set would, I would say, be just like straight up a flop as far as actually drafting it. Like, I still think it's a great set to, you know, put cards into commander. Uh, and I feel like they did a really good job in that aspect in a sweet set to like open. But as far as actually drafting it, it's so strange to me that it's as bad as it is in all honesty. I hope we're just being like salty 
old guys. And I hope like new <laughs> players really enjoy it. Or like, you know, I, I hope there's some demographic that just really enjoys drafting Commander Legends. And I hope like we're the minority and like we're too old and haggard for this or something, <laughs> right? Because it would be a shame, <laughs> right? Like I, I hope someone enjoys it. Maybe new players love this, right? I, I don't know. Does and doesn't this like oh, ahead, not really capture like like y'all had mentioned it, right? Like it, it feels like it doesn't capture why you like Commander, right? When you play limited. Yeah. So it, it doesn't capture our you know, the actual fun of Commander. It doesn't even capture like any fun of limited itself, I don't think. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure what it does, right? So but yeah, it, it's 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 like drafting is inherently a spiky thing. And it's weird that they, they brought it together and I thought they would come up with something innovative, but I think it's a flop. I think they got to go back to the drawing board and figure out another way to get the draft experience with Commander, right? Like maybe, I don't know what it is. I have no idea, <laughs> but not what it is currently. I will say the one thing that I do kind of like about it is if you do want to test out the format, you are going to get a lot of magic for your entry fee on Magic Online. Like, I think if you want to do Phantom and not keep the cards, that's like 10 bucks. And even non-Phantom where you keep the cards is 20 bucks or the equivalent in ticks or play points. But you can, like, join a draft on Sunday night. Uh, that's going to take you an hour, hour and a half to just, like, draft your deck. Then for the rest of the week, like, every other day, you can play one three-hour game of Commander, and you can kind of get, you know, a lot of actual gameplay out of your entry fee. So I do think that that's, like, maybe that's how you're supposed to play it. I'm used to, like, a Magic Arena where you fire up a draft, and you rush through it, and you do it in, like, an hour, and then you fire up another draft, and that's how most draft formats are, but the pace of this is just so glacially slow that... I don't think you can actually, like, play through a draft in one sitting. I'm not sure it's, like, even possible to do. So I think maybe that's how you're supposed to do it. But still, even from that perspective, I don't know if I would join another one, honestly. It's just, uh, it's so slow and grindy. The draft itself is kind of questionable. So, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I don't want to be, like, overly negative because I actually really like the set. And many of the things that I feared about the set, like partners being busted or a ton of broken cards that invalidate old cards those things didn't happen i feel like as far as being a uh like modern horizons for commander i feel like this actually like crushed it and they did an amazing job but as far as being like a good draft format uh, not so much yeah I'm, I'm gonna nix your idea for value gameplay like for 10 or 20 bucks you can build like a really good commander deck on magic online like we played seasons of commander clash where our budget was 20 ticks uh, so you can spend 10 or 20 bucks, build a really good deck, and play infinitely with the Commander Leagues on Magic Online. So for, like, you know, money to time, like, I would still just rather play Constructed. Maybe just do one draft, just just so that you get an idea of what it is. Maybe you'll really enjoy it. But, you know, if you're trying to just, you know, bang for a buck, like, just just build a 10 ticks Commander deck. It's, like, so cheap on, on Magic Online. Yeah, like you can even build a powerful 5 tick ticks like yep. you know like deck or whatever so yeah like I just mean, look at tomer rolling us every week with his budget decks yep <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right let's uh let's move on from commander legends to another recently released set uh that is kaladesh remastered so kaladesh remastered crim uh I know you've been playing some Kaladesh Remastered stuff. Yeah. The big deal with Kaladesh Remastered is obviously new cards in Historic mm -hmm. on Magic Arena. What have you thought about new Kaladesh Remastered stuff in uh, in Historic? What have you been liking? What have you been seeing? Has it been a good set for the format, et cetera, et cetera? I think, okay, this, this is going to, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but... I, f I feel like, yeah, it's definitely added some cards to the format. Like, you know, like, it it's been cool seeing cards return to, like, you know, the like, get the limelight. And that is, like, you know, cards like like Torrential Gear Hulk, right? Like, I at first kind of felt like that card was just kind of meh. Like, it wasn't what it once was. And I and I still think that holds true. Uh, but it, it, it is better than I gave it credit for. However, cards like Aetherworks Marvel just are not good. <laughs> like, it, I know this sounds weird to say, but, like, just because, like, it, it was banned out of standard, right? But, like, wh why do all of that? Like, why play Marvel? Why go through the extra steps? 
Right, like there, there's so many things that can just like you know you want to play an Ulamog, you can probably just play Ulamog without even having to like try to like hope to spin into it. <laughs> a lot easier <laughs> than actually trying to spin into it. People have been saying like Goblins is pretty much Marvel, but like better. Right, you're doing what Marvel does, which is kind of true. Right, you your your Marvel is Muxus, so you don't need to worry about anything else. Um, and and like yeah, like o- overall, I I feel like the set kind of got overshadowed actually for the most part by like like you know like all the stuff that's already been out like nissa who shakes the world right like uh like uros and things like that so i'm not even sure like how much like kaladesh has actually done um we we've gotten fatal push which has been seeing some like splits between that and like you know blood chief's thirst so you know, like, there aren't fetch lands in this format, as or as many. There's Fabled Passage and Evolving Wilds, right? So, I don't know. I just haven't seen as much Kaladesh as I thought there would be. And, I mean, like, I, like sure, if, like, Felidar Sovereign was in the, it, like, got reprinted, maybe even the, uh, whatever, the, the, the artifact that gives everything improvise, right? Like, it, like, even cards like Battle at the Bridge might have even gotten played. So, but, like, the, the cards that I think made Kaladesh like have like a bunch of heavy hitters uh like aren't here the gear hulks aren't what they once were uh except for the blue one and uh yeah like that's kind of just been my overall experience like just everything from 2019 really dunks on Kaladesh (laughs) Uh (laughs) I I think uh what you mentioned about fatal push is interesting because that's kind of been my experience too when it first came out I was like oh like I'm gonna swap all it uh all fatal pushes in for blood chiefs thirst and then as I actually like played games I was like slowly removing fatal pushes for blood yeah. chiefs thirst because uh it's not yeah without the fetch lands and in this format I know fatal push is great in pioneer without fetch lands but the curves are like a little bit higher in general I think in historic than they are yeah. in pioneer or in modern so it actually doesn't kill that much and my favorite part has been i can't even count the number of opponents that just fire off fatal push on a three or four drop with no revolt and it makes me laugh every single time people <laughs> oh. because you can target any creature yeah. with it even if it's if it's not gonna kill it so many people uh try to like kill your four drop and it just doesn't happen i will say though even though we haven't seen the massive impact from uh from Kaladesh remastered, I do feel like we have seen some impact around the edges. Like it hasn't overthrown the historic format. The decks that were good before uh are still good for the most part. It's still goblins, it's still Saltai, it's still some control decks, like a uh, random mid four color mid-range piles. Like all those decks are still arguably uh, the best decks for active sacrifice, but we have seen like Aura's decks have gotten a big boost of power from SRAM, I think. Yeah. You could argue those are, like, much better than they were before. Maybe they were Tier 2 before. Now, maybe, arguably, they're even Tier 1. We have seen some people have success. There was a, a big tournament over the weekend, and uh, someone top aided with God Pharaoh's Gift in a Azurius Gift stack where mm-hmm. you can refurbish the God Pharaoh's Gift. We've seen a little bit of, like, Mardu Vehicles uh, with Gideons and, like, Heart of Kirin. So I feel like we've seen some impact around the edges, but I do think it was much less than I was expecting. Right. Like, energy, for the most part, has not developed into a top-tier uh, archetype, and I think when Kaladesh Remastered first released, like, the first day or two, Marvel was looking really good, and a lot of people were playing it, but the metagame, I think, has, uh, has mostly adjusted to it, and now Marvel doesn't even really seem to be a serious deck in the format at all, and we're kind of back to where we were pre-Kaladesh Remastered with just, like, a few second-tier decks getting powered up a little bit, I think is uh, how I see the impact of the set for the most part. Yeah, like, like I think for, like, the, the best cards to come from this so far are, like, Scrap Heap Scrounger. I think that that's, like... That's a big one. That's probably the best thing to come from Kaladesh, I think. Uh, New Chandra has been, like, pretty cool. Like, it helps boost up the, the Rakdos Sacrifice decks. But, like, yeah, like, everything from before was is, like, still good, right? And it's all archetypes that have existed courtesy of 2019 forward. Like, uh, sacrifice stuff and then, uh, you know, like, I, I, I saw the gifts deck, right? Like, the, but the, like, whatever, the Azorius one because you get, like, refurbish is kind of cool. But I feel like that's just kind of, like, a, a one-off thing. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how good that, like, actually is. Refurbish is nice. That's about it. 
Other than that, like, we, we've seen Graph Digger's Cage kind of just, once again, hold the, the meta together. Graph Digger's yeah. Cage now, I think, is actually main deckable. And even more so now when everyone, it, well, I mean, while everyone's currently trying to jam, you know, Gear Hulk, like torrential Gear Hulks, uh, and, 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 you know, like even Etherworks Marvels and things like that. It doesn't work against Gift, though. People, people <laughs> seem to bring I that don't... in against me when I play <laughs> <Yes>. Gift. <laughs> Yes, they they also love uh, people love to bring it in against embalmed creatures too, like Champion of Wits and stuff. People see that and like bring it in and I'm like, no, no, that's that's not actually gonna do what you want. Yeah. And I actually think that's <laughs> one of the reasons that gifts might be good right now. I think that because of goblins and like Etherworks Marvel and Sacrifice decks and all the collective company, because of all the decks where you really want Graft Digger's Cage to be your like sideboard hate card for graveyard decks yeah. rather than like rest in peace or leyline of the void and because gifts just doesn't care about it i feel like that might be why the gifts deck is actually like kind of decent it's a graveyard deck that can be really powerful but also just gets around the main graveyard hate that everyone's playing right now so i i don't know if it'll actually have long-term success because i do feel like if it ever became good it's pretty easy to beat by playing like rest in pieces and stuff but it might be good right now why everyone's on graph diggers gauge to like fight against goblins and whatnot yeah and i mean like i it's not like people are gonna like the the graph diggers cage is going away anytime soon. As long as goblins exists and like all the things that are entry like like the the neo storm or neo form combo deck, you know what I mean. Like as long as those exist, people are gonna just have to play graph diggers cage. So, like I mean. If you look at the the big tournament we had yesterday, uh, Saltai Midrange, number one, that's an Uro deck. Mono Red Goblins, number two most played deck. That's, like, the most important deck to have Graph Digger's Cage for. Uh, Jund and Rakdos Sacrifice, those are number three and four on the list. Yeah. All of those decks get, like, kind of wrecked by, or at least hurt quite a bit by a Graph Digger's Cage. So I was pretty skeptical of your, like, play main deck Graph Digger's Cage plan. Yeah. But the more I look at the meta, I think, I might be coming around a little bit to that idea. Like, you've been having some success with that, right? Yeah, yeah. I've just been jamming it in the main deck of, like, anything that I can, pretty much. What is it? <laughs> like, a burn deck? Throw main deck, a grab diggers cage. <laughs> just because, like, you need it, right? Like, you absolutely need it right now. I mean, <laughs> why not, right? Especially, like, that's why I've... Uh, so kind, of, kind of, this is why I've been bummed that there's been no battle at the bridge, which still doesn't make sense to me. Because I've been having so much fun with artifact decks, um, like, and we've been seeing it too, like, yeah, like just from the, uh, the tournament over the weekend, there's been like the colorless, I don't know, control decks or whatever. And I've been trying to make Herald of Anguish work, but whatever it is, it's a cheap artifact. And on top of that, it shuts down a good amount of the top decks. And it's great when you're improvising in a Herald of Anguish or maybe like I've been trying to make that work along with, you know, like uh, the Antiquities War and stuff like that. Antiquities War, though, does feel bad because you can get disallowed on that last try. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, that, that can happen. <laughs> oh, man, is that archetype is really missing Battle at the Bridge. Like, yeah. I think the colorless control decks, too, any of those, like, artifacty ramp decks that people are playing, I feel like Battle at the Bridge is maybe, like, the missing piece of the puzzle for those decks. I'm really not sure... I don't understand why they didn't reprint that one either. It doesn't feel like it breaks anything, and it feels like it's good enough that you would want it to be available for formats like Pioneer in the future, unless they know it's coming in like a a, a master set or something in the near future. Then I guess it makes a little bit of sense, but that is one of the weird big omissions from the set, I would say. Like, I can understand why you wouldn't put Walking yeah, List in. Yeah. That just, like, obviously would break the format and need to be banned, I think. But Battle of the Bridge, it's not going to break anything, but it would be playable. Yeah. I think the other the other concern, I don't even know if this is a concern, but I think as we keep moving forward with these uh, reprint sets, with these master sets, it does make sense that they're going to make less and less of an impact because the historic format's getting bigger and bigger. And kind of like we see with modern or legacy it's a lot harder for a new set to make an impact in a format where you have 10 years, 25 years worth of sets. So I feel like maybe we got to temper our expectations a little bit for future remastered sets, just because maybe historic's getting to the point where the good decks are so good that rather than getting brand new archetypes, you're just going to get like some pieces around the edges. Like yeah. if energy, which was like so busted in standard, not that long ago is not really enough to be, 
even arguably a playable deck. I guess maybe it'll end up like tier three or something, but it's not a real threat in the format. Like if that's not good enough to make a new deck in historic right now, it's hard for me to imagine whatever shadows over Innistrad remastered or whatever else we move back to battle for Zendikar remastered that those sets that are even less powerful than Kaladesh are going to actually like change the format when they're released. Do you, do you think cards like, I mean, I, I think like the shadows block though still has some pretty good ones, right? Like Emrakul. So like Emrakul. Yeah. The, you'll get some big pieces like that. You get tireless tracker is good for some decks for sure. Yeah. So that, I think, you know what, that, that, it makes sense. Like, like you had mentioned those sets that are even less powerful than Kaladesh will definitely not make it like as big of an impact. That, that, that's why it makes sense that they're going to totally try to do like a, I probably like a pioneer masters or something like that. Right. Uh, like added to the, to the, the format. And I guess the other thing they could do is what they did with Amonkhet Remastered, too, where it's like, hey, here's our remastered set, but also, like, here's 20 broken... Like, here's a historic anthology stapled to it, which is how we got, like, Thoughtseize and Pact of Negation and some other really playable cards that they just kind of, like, threw into Amonkhet Remastered. So maybe maybe they should have done that with Kaladesh. I know they said they thought the set was, like, good enough and impactful enough without doing that that they didn't need to, but maybe in hindsight... Maybe they should have thrown in, you know, 20 random cards just to, like, up the power Ensnaring level. bridge. Yep. That one. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh. <laughs> Bitter Blossom. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and please uh, do not uh, say Dreadhorde Invasion, because that is not Bitter Blossom. <laughs> I mean, it's basically Bitter Blossom, Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh. All right, we got we got one other topic we want to hit on today, which is paper magic. So something that's been coming up a lot recently is we kind of get some like semi good news about maybe like vaccines and eventually the pandemic maybe ending and being able to do stuff again is do you think paper magic is going to be making a return in the semi near future? And by semi near future, I think people are talking about, you know, later next spring, next summer, theoretically after there's some sort of like vaccine going on. I want your guys' predictions. Are we going to have big paper events at all in 2021? I think the easiest way to ask this question is, is there going to be GP or Magic Fest Vegas in 2021? Because I think if there's one event that they would do, that would be the one. Will there be Magic Fest Vegas in 2021? I don't even think there'll be events, like, at all for, for like, another, like, two, like at least safely for, like, another two to, like, three years. <laughs> if I'm... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I know. You're scaring me, Krim. Well, we gotta, you got to think about it. Like, we, we are not killing it <laughs> in that game right like right now we're we're like seriously just we're, you know what i mean like i i, I don't think that we've we've got this under control yet and it's going to be a while until we do like e- even once the vaccine comes out there's getting it to the people and then then on top of that like it, it is it is it actually going to work how, how like you know what i mean like can you imagine being in close quarters with like i don't know two three thousand people Right, like I, I would love for there to be paper magic. I would love for there to be events, just in general. Like, there's the hypothetical list of concerts next year. Uh, like, I still hope that I can actually go watch my Chemical Romance's reunion. Uh, I hope that I can go see, you know, like go play like magic with people, you know, all this other stuff. But like, I don't, I don't think we're gonna return to that for at least another, at least I think two years. Like maybe early 2022. So we're not scientists. Nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like spring seems super aggressive. I, I don't think that's on the cards. I think there's a lot more pressing things people want to do in real life rather than play magic, like grocery shop, like a sane person yeah. or go to the mall or eat at a restaurant or watch a movie. Given how like the movie industry is going and things like that. I don't think anyone is prepared for mass gatherings anytime soon. Uh, but having said that, who knows? Um, Krim was this two to three year thing. I, I was watching a movie trailer YouTube channel yesterday because, you know, I haven't been to the movies in like yeah. literally a year now. So all the trailers are fresh. So, you know, there's like Wonder Woman and Monster Hunter. And then there oh, pops God. up a trailer for a movie and they're talking about COVID-23. <laughs> And it's a movie about, co- I'm like, 
Why would you make this movie, guys? Like, come on, like, come on! Like, why? Like, who's gonna watch this? Why would you do this? So I don't. I, I hope it's not two, three years. I, I hope, you know, we get a vaccine. I hope it works, and I hope you know everything is returned to normal. Uh, I think spring and summer is pretty aggressive. Uh, you know, even if we had a vaccine today, would we be back to normal? And also remember. Uh, like an event like Vegas is international, right? When you go to Vegas, it's just not people around you. It's people from other countries, right? It's every other country up to snuff. Uh, you know, the whole world combined has to have this situation solved before we have these like big international events. So I, I just think it's going to take take a while. Yeah. So All right. So let table me, it up. <laughs> let me let me ask the question in a slightly different way. So obviously, as Richard said we're not scientists we don't know when the pandemic's gonna end or if the vaccines will work or how quickly that'll happen like that's not really our area but let's say there's some best case scenario where there's a vaccine and it works really well and it comes out in the spring and most people get it by the summer or whatever let's assume the best case scenario do you think wizards assuming that you know we're in this best case scenario world where it's safe to go back out in the world again and do things do you think that bringing back big events like GP Vegas is going to be a top priority for Wizards? Or do you think we're going to see concerts and movie theaters and restaurants and malls and all that stuff going on and Magic kind of like lagging behind a little bit or maybe not bringing, a, you know, events back at all because Magic Arena is a convenient way to run tournaments? So in the best case scenario, do you think that's going to be a priority for Wizards to bring back those events or because I'm a little nervous because we kind of saw like the end of coverage. We saw CFB events like stop being the promoter uh, of these events. Like, I don't know. Is there any worry that they're just never going to come back even once it's safe in either of your minds. I, I, I think it's still like, let's say that the best case scenario happens. They're still going to have to be very cautious, right? Like, I mean, like the best case scenario, this all works out. We sh like, we still should be very, very careful about how we go forward with big gatherings. So even with that and like all the planning, I still don't like the best case scenario is early 2022. I think for me. I, that's how I see it, and and maybe I'm really being like like I guess pessimistic about this outlook, but like I mean, yeah, I I think at the best case scenario, 2022, or like the. But do you think? But do you think Wizards will bring back big events once it's safe to do so? I think like, so. Do you think yeah. that's in the cards that we'll go back to it? Okay. I I think that they will bring back Vegas. I I, I think maybe there'll be less. Like Magic Fest, you know what I mean? Like, what, what, what do we have like last year? Like, how many? Like, uh, like, I know we had a non zero amount, but I think it might be like half the amount of what we had last year. So, so bring back some, yeah. but maybe not as many as when we were getting one every weekend almost, like 45 a year or whatever we were getting at one point. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I think that, I mean, and, and maybe, maybe they just become more commander events than anything yeah, else. Yeah. I, I think, think competitive magic is going to shift to online. And yeah. by competitive magic, I mean what magic or what Wizards promotes as esports, uh, which is arena and standard, right? And historic sometimes. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to go back where we had like a Grand Prix every weekend. And if you were a pro, you would fly like around the world. Like, I, I don't know that these events were that profitable. I'm not sure. Like, it seemed like a big hassle. So maybe going forward, we have like a Mythic Invitational or something uh, you know, maybe one big event a year, like Worlds. But I, I don't know that we're going to have that constant stream of events. Uh, things like the SEG Tour, maybe they'll, they'll come back because it's pretty localized. It's not that hard to throw together. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think we're going to have the same level because I, I just think that with the shift to Arena, like Wizards is just focused on online anyway. Like this was happening before the pandemic where they kept restructuring organized play and Grand Prix and Magic Fest and whatnot to promote Arena more. I feel that will just continue to happen. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at, is I kind of feel like Wizards wanted to shift competitive play more towards digital anyway, or maybe even eventually exclusively towards digital play. Yeah. And then the pandemic, like, obviously sped up the timetable a little bit compared to what they were going for. We, we were going to have, like, the mixture of paper and digital, uh, but we kind of went all digital by necessity because of the pandemic. I think that my guess would be big events will come back, but I would not be at all surprised if they are 
mostly or even exclusively like Command Fest. Like, I, I think it might be that the era of Magic Fest and GPs and sadly even like regular paper pro tours or whatever they happen to be calling them whenever the tournaments actually return. Like, I'm not sure that we ever get that back again. And it might be that paper events are, you know, big commander get togethers where sure you can play side events for constructed, but I would actually be kind of surprised if we saw a return of paper competitive play, I feel like uh, maybe there's a little bit for older formats, but I'm not even sure. Like, it could be that we go the way of, like, Eternal Weekends, maybe of Modern Weekend, where all the modern players, you know, get together once a year and they have their big paper tournament, and that's that's all you get for the year. But I would not be surprised if it was more casually focused uh, once it returns than competitively focused in paper. Maybe, and maybe this is just just me. Like, I mean, I, I, I love GPs. I love all that stuff. Right. But I, I always loved it because it felt like a con. Now they actually can really move. If like, I think when they return to like the, the, the paper world and whatnot, I think it'll definitely feel more like a con. Right. So yeah, that means a, a, a shift from like more competitive stuff and just, yeah, like command fest stuff. Like, Hey, artists are here, you know, like, and, and, you know, like commander stuff and come look at cool old cards and like, yeah, like, less of a focus on the competitive side of things. Yeah, I'd actually like to see that. I'd like to see, actually, I don't know if I'd like to see that. So on one hand, <laughs> Magic was cool in the sense that there was a big tournament happening like in multiple places across the world, sometimes not geographically balanced, but that's what the intent was. So if you lived in the United States, uh, you know, there was a couple times a year that there'd be an event nearby you could go to, or if you lived uh, in Europe, there was a couple times, things like that. However, that meant each Grand Prix was like pretty small, right? It's like a one or two day event. You had a handful of artists, a handful of cosplayers or something, uh, maybe one off event here or there. And you just went there to play magic as opposed to something like Comic-Con where it's like a week long or, you know, like just crazy gathering and it's once a year. So they put like all the money into it, all the resources and it's like a crazy time. Like, I wonder if it's better to do that. Uh, so you just have like one giant magic fest every year. Uh, the downside is you have to travel, right? And if you have to travel, that just like cuts off like a large portion of the population. So I, I don't know, but like, it would just be such a big spectacle, right? Then you can do things like, you know, every year during this thing, we can do the beta draft because there's only one event each year. We can actually find the product for it. You know, you can have like seminars or whatever, or like big companies can come sponsor. So maybe they do that. Maybe they just go for like the one giant event, Comic-Con, and they can sell all the secret layers they want there. And <laughs> I, I, <laughs> call I, it would, a day. I would be surprised if we don't have something in Vegas again once we can. Like, I, and maybe that's what you're talking about, where rather than every weekend doing small events, maybe you do... I don't know, like Vegas for North America. Maybe you do like a European version at some point during the year or like an APAC version at some point during the year. But maybe you do like, you know, a small number of big week long or almost week long cons rather than a bunch of small tournaments. I think the other consideration is if there isn't paper competitive play at the like GP level, what does that mean for like local game stores? Because the way the system worked before is like, you could qualify at your LGS through like PTQs to go to the bigger thing and then to the bigger thing. Do LGSs need a return of like a premier paper circuit to be able to have people come in and play at their, you know, shop? Like, is, is that a piece of the puzzle that is important to Magic or... Are we to the point where, like, it's just all digital and LGSs will, you know, make do with selling booster boxes or commander decks or whatever? I think that's the way. Because, I mean, let's be honest here. When How many people, like, I'm going to go play Magic Fest, whatever, uh, whatever place. I'm going to go into a LGS and play test. I don't, I don't think that's, like, something I've ever done back when I was, a little, like, spiky, right? So, like, in a, in a majority of the people that I would play test with, like, we would just meet up somewhere, right, at, our, like, one of our each other's houses or something like that, or, and then just play test there or go play test online. Would you go do, like, PTQs and stuff, though? Uh, yeah. Yeah, PTQs. Okay. Like, like, I did that. I did PPTQs and stuff like that, and you never, you would just test online or, or just test with friends, specifically, in a small area, just, like, I don't know, at each other's houses or something like that. So, I don't think... 
like the that that's going to help in LGS anyways. Uh, I think what help like what will help the LGSs is mostly just like the people once again for for weekday events. Yeah, maybe I want to go out and play Commander, a pickup game. That will more likely help an LGS. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Well, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens because sooner or later, whether it's, you know, the end of next year, whether it's 2022, whether it's like Richard's movie preview 2023. No, no, like it doesn't exist. Don't talk about it ever again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm really annoyed that someone okayed this and like, in what bad, like... At least wait till it's over, right? Like yeah. in, in ten years, you can come make a movie about the pandemic, right? But like, come on, guys. Some some people uh, want to watch, like you know, like how people like when it, when it started happening, people wanted to watch Contagion, right? Like immediately. So some people that, that's wanna, different though. That's an old movie, and you're like, look how spot on they were, or whatever. Yeah, right? this is like the current situation. Come on. <laughs> some people want to watch it right away. You know, like they're like, ah, I'm living in it, so it's extremely relatable, right? So. Uh, uh, well, sooner or later, stuff will return, and it'll be interesting to see what Wizards does with that. Uh, it'll it'll be uh, very interesting to see what happens. So hopefully there'll be some sort of paper magic, and I think there will be, but what exactly that looks like, I guess, is kind of anyone's guess at this point. Yeah, I, I think... Super I, shiny holograms, Seth. They're <laughs> one-off collector cards with Morrow's toenails in it. <laughs> we got that. We At least we got Morrow's toenails. That's that's what we've been asking for. <laughs> I, I do want, like, yeah, like, to, like I guess the final touches on that, I, I, for me at least, I think legitimately whatever, whatever happens uh, and whenever it does happen, when we go back to the world of paper, it's going to be very different. But that's going to be the same for, like, everything. Uh, movies, concerts, just gatherings, like conventions, Comic-Cons, stuff like that. These are all going to be very different. I, that's what <sighs> I right, think. Richard, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. It's really hard to think through. Actually, I don't know. Like, uh, we don't want to get too pandemic-y yeah. here, but, like, a lot of people are just living normal life anyway, as it is, <laughs> against all the medical <laughs> judgment, so some percentage of the, oh. the population is <laughs> is going to uh, do things the way they did before, so, but uh, but that's, we're getting, we're getting a little far out of the magic realm here, so Richard, uh, why don't you fishmail us? I think we've gotten to the fishmail time of the cast. All right, if you have questions, send them to at mtggoldfish with the hashtag mtgfishmail, and we get to your questions on air. First question via email from Scott. Is it cheating to use an overlay on Arena like MTG Assistant? It gives you your decklist and chance of drawing a particular card. Um, so at like it depends if you're talking about like just like playing f- at home on the ladder, whatever. Sure, that's fine. I, I don't see that as cheating as all at all, right? Uh, but like example, the H word. I'm about to drop it. Hearthstone. Uh, it in tournaments you are not allowed to use like a deck master you were not allowed to use like those kind of cards or that that kind of application so i would probably say that that would ring the same here right like as actually perfect time i mean if magic goes digital right for competitive stuff uh i I think that's that kind of like application is fine at home and when you're just playing on the ladder but i think at a tournament maybe i'm just used to this from like competitive hearthstone but like uh like at a tournament i'd probably say no you shouldn't use are there have you Are read the tournament rules? Yeah. Have you read the tournament rules for any of the online tournaments you've been in? Have they explicitly mentioned it? Oh, I mean, like, for specifically, like, the online tournaments, there has not been anything stating against it, at least not for Magic. Um, Interesting. So at least not, not any of the ones that I've been in. Uh, but, like, like all the other ones, like, for, like, the Hearthstone tournaments I've been in, that yeah, they, they've strictly said, no, you can't use that. I wonder if they'll eventually have to add something to the tournament rules if we keep doing a digital or at least address it my kind of thinking is it's all information that you could calculate on your own if you wanted to so i definitely don't think it's cheating definitely for playing on the ladder or anything because if you wanted to like you could use a pen and paper and do all of it yourself they just kind of make it a little bit easier for you um so i don't think it's giving you any new information it's not like it's showing you your opponent's hand or something that would obviously be cheating as far as tournaments i don't know i guess if it's not something that's forbidden it's technically okay at this point but maybe we should address that i i feel like yeah like it's not addressed currently but like 
Hearthstone tournaments had that, right? So like, like I, I, and I think that it kind of like, I guess, I, I, I just, I think it makes sense uh, why you don't like. I mean, when you go to a tournament like like that, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at a tournament. I, I think it would make sense to have a rule against it, but if there's not a rule against it, from a complete like pure spike perspective, yeah, I think there's like an argument that. If it gives you an advantage and it's not against the rules and it's not cheating, then you should do it. But then that's an issue that it- <laughs> the tournament organizers and wizards should probably address and make a rule against would yeah. be my take on it. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question. Pal, please. I-, I could not read this name without seeing <laughs> PayPal in it. <laughs> Pal, please. Paladin. That's for a paladin, by the way. Not really a question, but feedback. Uh, I think I should come up with a ban list that the rules committee should be coming, should be coming up with. Forget the hundred dollar restriction and balance the format yourself. The price restriction is more annoying than a legit budget format. So this is, Ooh. I think, in regards to Commander Clash. Sounds like it is. So yeah. the hundred dollar restriction, I and mean, we just balance the format ourselves. So the only reason for that hundred dollar restriction is to make the decks uh, accessible to all the viewers. Uh, so we rely on balancing, theoretically balancing the power level ourselves. Uh, we just don't want like for you to pull up a deck and it's chock full of dual lands and then the deck price is like $5,000. And then you, you look at this and you're like, how do I build this deck? So we, we keep that restriction to make the decks like accessible for everyone. But we try to balance uh, the decks ourselves. Like there are plenty of cards that are like one cent that are like totally breaking. Uh, and then there are a lot of cards that are like hundreds of dollars that like totally suck, right? So we, we try to do the balancing ourselves. Although the, the thing we wrote down is $100 restriction and we break it all the time because of that. Uh, and I think not anymore. I think the, not. I don't. <laughs> yeah. That's only because Mana Drain got reprinted. It's 50 bucks. You, you got the, it's 50 you got bucks. the free pass thanks to Commander <laughs> Legends. The other problem with just like making our own ban list completely is Magic Online's really not good with custom games. Uh, that's something people have asked about in a bunch of different ways before, like, oh, play, like, silver bordered cards or custom commanders, and that's just, like, you can't do it on Magic Online, so if we wanted to take cards off of the official ban list in our, like, balancing, I don't think we'd actually have the ability to do that, so I think it would be very hard to do with Magic Online. It would be much easier in paper, but that's just not really possible at the moment, so. All right, Ben Jam 421 Hey crew, I started making art using bulk magic cards. I typically feel fine cutting up a common from a recent set, but older cards can feel weird. What do you think about destroying cards like a bulk rare from Innistrad, a common from fourth edition? Am I evil? No, no, not <laughs> at all. I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, to very much, uh, my own, like, <laughs> regret, um, I used to, th- like, cut up and, like, just, like, throw away Fulminator mages. Uh, and stuff like that, because at the time in standard, that card was completely useless. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I definitely regret that. Um, at, at when, when Fulminator, like, like spiked up or whatever when Modern came around. Uh, I will say that, you know, destroy your own cards at your own risk, because at some point they could be worth something. But if it's just like basic forests and stuff like that, I don't think that's bad at all. I mean, especially if you're trying to turn it, like, like you're trying to alter something and, you know, like, I, I've had tons of friends who also, like, use bulk as a way to test their way to, like, you know, do extended border arts and stuff like that, so. Yeah, I, I do not have any problem with people destroying their own magic cards. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I could see how people get mad. We've had some people that, like, oh, I'm gonna, like, buy a Black Lotus and set it on fire and post it on YouTube. I could see, but that's, like, designed to get a reaction out of people and troll people. But if you're doing, like, art projects and stuff like that, I don't know. I've never really understood why people get so upset about flipping and rip it and games like that. Like, eh, you own it. It's your car. There's hundreds of thousands or millions of them out there. Like, well, does it really matter to you if someone flips and rips <laughs> a pack of Modern Masters or something? Seth, did you ever watch a show called Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, <laughs> I just assume not, right? <laughs> no, I, ha- I have not. A- there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. See, so there's a character. His name is Seto Kaiba, right? So in the game of Yu-Gi-Oh, in this world, there are blue. there's a card. It's, it's called Blue-Eyes White Dragon. I do know what that okay. is because I have bought Yu-Gi-Oh cards in the past. So. Okay, then. Okay, so... Uh, in, in this world, there's like 
five copies or four copies, he actually goes around buying out the other copies and then ripping them so that he's the only person that has them. Now, is that like with with the like no no reprints? Technically, you could try to go around buy every Black Lotus oh. and all the packs and rip every copy that you have, so that you're the you, only one to have them. Do you guys remember Seance Guy? I think someone actually tried to do that in Magic in the real world with the card Seance. I don't know if you remember this from a few years ago. I do, but there was a guy that was putting out like huge bounties for you to like get seances and destroy them and like show video proof of it <laughs> i don't know why it was seance a card that doesn't have any value but i think someone actually <laughs> tried and failed to do that in magic did, did the price of seance ever move <laughs> no it didn't it should not go up at all <laughs> i feel like the stock uh, on that is just too much <laughs> on a more serious note i i think you should destroy cars at, at your will i don't know why people get so upset about flip it or rip it uh, one of the most liberating things I've ever done is just throw out basic lands. I used to hoard <laughs> basic lands like no tomorrow, okay? I'm like, it just felt like such a waste to throw them away. And then one day I threw them away. I'm like, wow, so much space was yeah. claimed, right? Like, all these, like, basic lands, even, like, bulk commons. Like, if you can donate them to your LGS, then donate them to your LGS or, like, a school or something. But if you can't, just throw them away, right? It's like... 50 cents of cars that takes up like an entire shelf or like an entire storage room or something like just get rid of them but uh as long as you're okay with the potential that you know there's an uncommon in there and one day that uncommon might be five dollars and then you'll feel bad but like was it worth hoarding all these cards uh you know does it spark joy like if you guys watch marie kondo <laughs> like just 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 throw it out like you don't need to hoard every magic card ever made a lot of them are just not worth anything and if they're not worth anything to you then cut them up make art right the, the new art will be worth way more than whatever cardboard was there uh before so yeah I, I would just go ahead and do it aloha mage when using multiples of commons and uncommon wild cards on arena to trade up for rare mythics help the economy uh if you have uh, if your commons uncommons you already have four of got turn of into shards of uncommon or common wild cards same way as rares turn into gems wait what say that again can you say so that one more yeah <laughs> if your commons and uncommons that you already have four of four of you you turn them into common or uncommon wild cards same way rares turn into gems so like you get enough of like extra common and uncommon uh, wild card shards and then yeah. you, you make them into like a, a a rare wild card so yeah like eventually your uncommons and commas could become a rare or maybe yeah. even mythic after yeah. a certain that, point that would that would break the economy because yeah. we get so yeah. many of them <laughs> yeah I, I mean it would obviously be great if yeah. they did it for players but i i can't imagine that wizards would ever go for it unfortunately yeah because then why would you buy packs right like at all because if yeah. if because then it, these would all roll over, as yeah as as great as it would be, like yeah they these would all roll over to the next set and then you just kind of just have a free set every time. <laughs> uh, all right, next question. Unbalabnabla. That's that's literally the name. I'm going with it. How would you feel about a card that read for the rest of the game? No card may leave the exile zone, aka removed from the game. What if our zones did what they were supposed to do? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Remember a, a time where when things went into the exile, it stayed in the exile. <laughs> Except Mist Hollow Griffin, right? I mean, I'd be fine with that card, but is there actually enough stuff leaving exile to make it playable anywhere at this point? Like, I mean, just, I don't know. I, I don't know when I would ever play that card, but if, I don't know, I'd be fine with it existing, I guess, and then you can hose whatever food chain or something like if it comes to it <laughs> it would be like like yeah like that that would be uh if that card exists then that means something has gone very wrong i think <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's kind of what i'm thinking like this timeline where that card exists that means there's like i don't know an underworld <laughs> breach or something but for exile you may cast cards yeah. from exile what <laughs> so earl no, like, can no, feed like, like, like you you o-ring something right and now it's o-ringed forever with this thing in here even if the o-ring gets removed you can, right? Oh, you, you can, there's okay. like gameplay. Like if you put this on like a Thalia hate bear or something, like a two, two mana, two on first strike or something, then you can play all your like white enchantment removal or something without oh. risk. Maybe something oh, like yeah. that. 
Oh, and make Flickerwist really good. Okay, okay. Yeah. If that was on a Hate Bear, that might actually see modern play. Okay, okay. I can see that on Hate Bear. I, I think I'd still be fine with it, actually. It actually sounds kind of interesting. But I, I, would, I would like the zones to do what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. Exile and graveyard. Like, what's the difference between these zones anymore? Like, I'm not even sure. They're, they're all, like, the same thing now, so. Do you think we'll get a an exile reanimation spell at some point in the near future? Ooh. Just, like, put target creature from the exile zone onto the battlefield under your control or something, yeah. I, I'm waiting for emblem removal. Nope. Yeah, I thought, it's gonna I thought you were going to get that with War of the Spark. It's going to happen. Nope. It's going to happen. Then you're like, what is the point of an emblem anymore? <laughs> exactly. Like, once an emblem removal is, a, like, something that exists, why play a Planeswalker? <laughs> What's the point of Exile Zone when you have Graveyard Zone? I, I don't know, Krim. <laughs> Exile Zone should mean that it is gone, though, right? Like, it is gone. Outside of, like, the few, like, meme cards, like, you know, like, Mist Hollow Griffin, which is actually, like, not a meme in some other formats, I guess, but, like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we need Mega Exile. Mega. Like that's the <laughs> bigger that's exile. The exile zone. Yes, <laughs> that's the one that it doesn't come back from. If it goes to Mega Exile, it's really gone. <laughs> mega Exile. We'll, we'll pitch that on the next great design designer search or whatever. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be a smash. It'll be the, uh, then. It'll rata things. Things exiled by Uro are sent to Mega Exile. Also, just reading <laughs> Mega Exile hurts my head. <laughs> like, why does this exist? <laughs> that, 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 that'll be Earl's next keyword, Mega Exile. <laughs> All right. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions. If you have questions, you can send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag MTGFishMail, and we get to your questions on air. And on that note, I believe that brings us to the end of episode 304 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Greb, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes down in the world of magic. Until then, have a wonderful week, everyone. If you're in the U.S., have a happy Thanksgiving. And this is the crew signing out. Bye.